2: Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, as host. It is a sports edition of Star Talk, where we are going to talk about drone racing. That's even a thing. And I got with me Gary Riley. Gary, hey. You, you, you're the sports guy. I am. Because you were an ex-pro footballer. Thank you.
0: Yes. He, so, still, we,
2: he still is an ex-pro footballer. <laughs> I guess. <that> you, were, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> thank, you are a present tense ex-football player. Yes, I yeah, am. Football as in soccer. As in soccer. Yes. Chuck. Amen. Love you, man. Love you, too. And we we slipped some guy. Who's this guy?
0: Uh, yeah. This is Nurk. 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 Paul nurkler known only as nurk this is the 2018 drone racing league champion and a man with his own youtube channel
1: fantastic
0: wait wait first that's all a thing
1: that's all a thing yeah that's a thing yes it is anybody tell you like nurk is a little too close to narc
2: I don't know if I want uh, No, it feels like nerd to me. Oh, well, see, but nerd is a good thing. I, man, because yeah. I don't do drugs the way you do, so it sounds like nerd to me. <laughs> sounds like narc to you. I or, no longer wow. do drugs. No <laughs> longer ex-drug <laughs> dealer. Okay. Let's stick with dealer. nerd. Dealer, wow, I've graduated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're so fluent in metric, I thought. Aren't you right. glad you came?
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Good.
2: <laughs> nerd, nerd. All right, so tell me about your guest here. What do you got? That's
0: All so right, fun. so Paul is one of these guys that has a passion, and his passion has brought itself into drone flying. Now, it's 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 an easy, it's a sort of split off of the esports universe. These aren't guys who just sat on a sofa with a control panel surrounded by cans of Red Bull. Some of these guys are actual athletes. Yeah. And when you get to fly one of these things, you realize they're going at 90 and probably more than that miles per hour. They're racing on 3D courses. They're not racing against the clock. They're racing against other pilots. Yeah. And the clock. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're in the front, they can strategize, just like you would do in a Formula R- One race. Absolutely. So there's all sorts of things. So this guy actually now becomes an athlete, becomes a racer. And we like the idea of the fact there's so much tech involved in what he does. It's another way to explore the um, world of science and sports.
1: Well, I, I got to tell you this. So, I know about your world, Paul, or Nurk. It's, which one is it? Both are fine. Okay, all right. <laughs> so I used to come home from doing comedy. ESPN used to have these races on, drone actual drone races. They would be inside of like a warehouse with a set. And there were like certain hazards that you had to navigate. They were racing against you. And, you know, I couldn't sleep, but I'm watching it. And I got to tell you, it's super hype. You get yeah. sucked in. And I realized I should not come home and watch this crap and then try to go to sleep because you'd be so adrenaline filled from watching it, you would have trouble sleeping afterwards. So how is it racing?
3: Yeah. Well, so there's a temptation when you're looking at something like this, like a robotic sport, as like 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 you're saying, like it's just a bunch of guys that sit around and drink Red Bull. Like I don't particularly look like an athlete. I know I recognize that. Okay, I didn't um, want me to. uh, to But you want
0: to break the news? Oh God, I don't have
3: to break the news to All right, that's it. But... (laughs) <laughs> but I, I look at it like a precision sport. So you look at precision sports. That's racing. That's bowling. That's archery. That's you know Olympic level sports. Are these things where it's about repeatability? Did you have
2: bowling in the same sentence as Olympic uh, level?
3: Yeah. Did he put those? Ar- two- I meant archery as the Olympic oh, right. level okay. thing. But you know, but like, but it's all about repeatability. It's all about measuring what you can do to do better. It's about c- gathering, you know, analyzing how your performance was so that you can take it out and do it the next time. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we're athletes of the mind as much as anything else, and that's. Allowing us to compete at the highest level, building you know three D courses in some of the coolest places in the world. Absolutely, and when you say of the mind, it's
1: definitely got to be you got to be pretty mentally tough to to navigate these things yeah.
2: and races. But just same to be time. clear, when you say racing, I'm thinking who can get from A to B the fastest. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's going on here. This is more like A to B to C to D. To... So, <laughs> so it's a navigational task, yes, more than it is how fast can you go? You're not like Usain Bolt here. Right. You're just, you're, you are going around obstacles, I guess, and this sort of thing. Yeah.
3: And it's in uh, the drone racing league, especially is uh, spec racing. So we're all flying the exact same drone. So we've got a smorgasbord of drones here in front of us. But when we are at a race, the DRL brings 600 identical drones. So it's, it's, uh, NASCAR tries
2: to be something like
3: that. There's a lot of specs that
2: they satisfy, including right on down to the weight of the car. But this is
0: first person viewing, which means you have sat there with a visor, with goggles, with a headset, Mm -hmm. and, there's broadcast quality cameras attached to your drones. Yep. So you're not flying it from stood somewhere here, watching it with your watching eyesight. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're doing it like that, so you're really involved. We're, so we're when you guys are wearing- Chuck, did he give you
2: permission to pick that up off the table?
1: No, nope, please do. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> but this is uh So these are looked like VR headsets. Yep. And when you are looking through the VR headset, mm-hmm. you're what? Tethered to the camera on the drone.
3: Yeah. So we see as if we're on board the drone. So like you when you're flying it, when you're riding along, it you oh feel like God. you're a bird yeah. or Superman. Like, like you're just right
2: there, like you're there. Right. Like, yeah. yeah.
3: Like, hang gliding off the bottom off inside the drone. Yeah. Right. So, like, for example, when I tell people that when I'm flying, like it feels like an out-of-body experience. <gasps> oh right? man, can I pick this Yeah, up? please, absolutely. Like, there's moments I've had, and I still have, where I'm flying around outside getting some practice in, and I see somebody sitting in the corner. I'm like, who's that? Oh, that's me. You know, oh. I was <laughs> like, because I forget that I'm not on board oh so you have an outer body experience absolutely oh
2: that's
1: really
3: Whoa. cool
2: man. so i see two cameras there's like a simple gopro yep. up here and then there's another lens down here yeah so which one are you
3: so i'm the one on the bottom this the, one here the lower lens it's that transmits the information at a much lower response rate so we oh, there's only like 25 milliseconds of delay between that camera and what i see um, a Milliseconds, seconds a thousandth of a second yeah and okay. it's important to have that as low as possible right yeah so that you ever you so want to be able to respond to, to respond to Right, right. See, then the
0: angle of the camera is important. I'm going to ask you that. (laughs) All right. So if this is
2: hanging like this then the the fan blades will just keep it buoyant, but you want to move forward, you're gonna have to tilt that so that it pulls it forward.
3: But now you're looking down at the ground. Correct, so we tilt the camera and leave it tilted at the beginning to about 45, 50 degrees, Uh, so that when we're we're flying straight and level according to what we're seeing, it's really tilted 50 degrees forward. To go forward. forward. And that's what allows us to go 100 miles an hour. All right. Wow, is that the actual speed? Yeah, so these top, so these drones can top out around 100, 120. Um for the show. They top out about eighty, and they go zero to sixty in less than a second. So how much do these wait, cost? Wait, wait. Zero to sixty in less, less than, than a second. second. <laughs> wow,
2: that's pretty wild. Wait, wait. Yeah. So
3: uh, does the FAA know about this? The, that part, they don't. They're they're not worried about <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but we fly inside. We yeah. fly with all of the licensure and stuff that we need. Absolutely. Okay. So,
2: but, so now, but, when, wait, wait, when, but when, if when, you ever go when, outside, then you can't tell the
3: FAA. Then we stop at ninety nine. Stop. Okay. Oh, so, Why is
2: there a regulation of about 100 miles? There is. Yeah.
3: Oh,
1: and what would that regulation be, so that we can make sure that no one ever <laughs> breaks it? <laughs> he can never, he never flies higher than 100 miles. No, no never. never. Right, okay. okay. No. So now, when you guys are flying, because I've seen these, man, sometimes you hit things, mm-hmm. and
3: these drones, they are no more. They're well, they're a lot of pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: how much do these things cost? Because then. And this looks very home. And are they yours? Yeah. Because in the next race, the guy who crashed, he's still back in the race. I mean, they still have a drone
3: there. So, so there's a little give and take there. So when we're flying for the league, the league brings all of the drones for us. They bring 600 identical to each race, and they say, go as fast as you want. You know, if you crash it, no hard feelings. That being said, you know, I know all the tech guys, the like the guys that build all the drones, like they're the heroes of the show. They're my favorite people, but I don't want to crash too many of them because I don't want them to be like after the race, like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, <laughs> but you could, but if, <laughs> if you crash, you're allowed to just grab another one is exactly. That right? Okay. Yeah.
0: but you could you could build this yourself.
3: Absolutely. So this, the drone that we've got here, um, I have built myself um, uh, with individual components set aside. Uh, It's called a, that one's called the Shen Drone Squirt. It's just a tiny little, uh, you know, it's a squirt, it's a tiny little guy, and we use it to film and fly inside. It's a little bit slower, but it's very safe and protected. Mm -hmm. How important is it for you? A squishy. Ducts. Ducts. Ducts.
0: How important is it for you as a racer? to be able to build and understand every single part of oh, your thank drone. Thank question.
3: Being able to build an, uh, like so when, if, if you don't know how to assemble the drone, every time you crash, every time you break something, you're gonna have to go get to a somebody. whole new one or go to someone else. You know, So if you have learned how to build it from the ground up, when something fails, you can swap it yourself in just a couple minutes. So uh-huh. when I'm out in the- No, but if, okay, fine. Can, I get that if it breaks, but if yeah. it's not broken and you're yeah. racing, yeah. does your knowledge of every single thing about that inform your strategic absolutely. actions. exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I, you can pick and choose different kinds of components to suit different needs, right? Do I want it to be super durable? Do I want it to be extremely fra- fragile, but extremely fast? Do I want to find some kind of balance? Um, and that informs the kinds of decisions that I make when I'm on the workbench assembling the drone. So
0: you've got three blades in your propellers. Yep. But you can you vary three, that. It's a three. Three prop. A, yeah. a tri-blade, tri-blade prop. Tri-blade, yeah. right. So you can go from two
3: to three to four. To four to five to six, and
0: it does what? Different in terms of in yeah, terms of
3: what you're doing here. So we like to kind so in of. In other words, what's the advantage? Because you see, yeah.
2: some some mm. airplanes only have two propellers. Right? Yeah, right. you spin them, and then <laughs> three, yeah. four. Why? Why?
3: why? Why have one number of propellers relative to another? So changing out different kinds of propellers, adding or removing blades, allows you to change depending on whether you want higher performance, higher speed, higher efficiency. You kind of pick and choose which of those you want and use that to decide what kind, what kind of So blade. in general, the more blades, the, the what? The better uh, maneuverability. Uh, ah. But, but it's, it weighs more. It weighs blade. more, and the motors are working harder to spin the prop, so you have a little bit less efficiency. Oh, There's a little okay. bit more surface area, so it's a little bit less top speed. Um, mm. But if you go all the way down to like a single blade prop, where like it's like counterbalanced weights and stuff, it you know it starts to get much more uh, efficient. Right. So if
1: they are determining that each drone is going to be identical, mm-hmm. when you're practicing, mm-hmm. do you try to match that, or is there something that you can do that gives you an advantage when practicing, like? swinging a heavier bat mm-hmm. in practice mm. and then going to a lighter bat in the game yeah. yep. because you can get a faster whip around.
3: Yeah, so that's, that's exactly right on the money. We, so when we're practicing, DRL sends us enough drones to get ready for the next race and all the parts that we need because we'll go and fix them. And then actually a lot of people will actually strap two batteries to it and only leave one plugged in so that there, it is a little bit heavier. A little it, sluggier, it's a little bit more doggy so that mm-hmm. you can kind of refine your racing line. Interesting. Interesting. So,
2: Chuck, why are you so drone-fluent? What's
3: that? I'm drone-curious. What can I say? I'm just
1: drone-curious. Oh, dear. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, first of all, if you've ever seen it, uh, well, one, when drones first came out years ago, I, oh, God, why am I even telling this? I'm opening myself up for more abuse. Okay? (laughs) So when drones first came out years ago, I tried flying drones. And it is very difficult. I'm okay. not talking about... You don't you know have the first time I saw a drone come at my... <laughs> okay. You have a drone baseball bat. You have a dedicated bat for drones. Dedicated for yeah. drones. got my notches de- on the bat. <laughs> <laughs> my dedicated drone just, bat. Just, just,
2: just, just.
1: Right. Okay. Just... So the fun of flying a drone is... I, I
2: wouldn't do it to your drone,
3: of course. You tried to earlier. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: But the fun of flying a drone is not like what you would think, which is, you know, just lift off, forward, back. I mean, okay, that's going to get boring really, really quick. So the fun of flying the drone is finding something that you can maneuver. It's like going around stuff and through stuff
2: and over and under, and that's when it becomes very difficult. But what I would add, there are shots that you never would have gotten Cinematically, right. So, for example, when we filmed Cosmos, we went to the largest telescope in the world, nice. which is a non-steering telescope in a crater in the ground in China. Sweet. Okay, yeah. and we brought drones, and because it's just too big to yeah. get. If you're up upon it, you can't. You can't. See you, can't it. you
1: can't. You can't. Right? It's too yeah, big. Right? You yeah. can't
2: grasp it. Yeah. So we had a drone, and it just lifted straight up, and I saw the monitor. It was like, whoa! Right. That was that. That was a money shot right yeah. there. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I think it's not just the maneuverability; it's
3: point of view, it's right? Of view. Yeah, and for me, like that's one of the things that I like the most about it is it offers not only a, a unique perspective on like what's around you, but one of the things that's really cool about drones and the the hobby and the the passion of drones is that everybody is the same, right? You all have had this shared like collection of experiences. So I've traveled to to China, to Taiwan, to Germany, and gone and flown with people, and we don't have to share a language to share oh. a language, right? Mm-hmm. And so not only does it offer a new perspective on the world, but also on people. And that's one of the things I like the most. So, at the moment, we've got piloted drones,
0: but we are adventuring into the world of autonomous drones. Yes. And at the moment, they don't stand a chance against a human pilot. No. What? Oh, oh, at the moment. At At the the moment. moment. uh, Only at the moment. For now. I I know me some future where that's going, and you ain't...
3: Me. I, 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 for one, welcome thought. our robot overlords. It's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you will
0: succumb
2: like the yeah. rest
3: of us <laughs> so to, to, our, world, to our you. AI overlords.
0: You, you're in there pushing triple digits, and at the moment— Triple digit speeds. Yeah. Yes. In the moment, the winner of the autonomous drone competition was at 5.6 miles per hour yep. navigating a course. Yep. So that's a lot of catch-up.
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: I was actually there for that race. It's the same as driverless
1: cars, right? I mean, that's the same real... They're on route. Yeah, you're on route, but the truth is, I mean, it's not to the point where a car can actually be a human being behind the wheel. You know, like... But not yet, not yet.
3: Then that's what the Alpha Pilot Program, which is which is a, a partnership between the Drone Racing League and Lockheed Martin, is, is creating, you know, <laughs> the framework for being able to create autonomy. All right, now that's some drones. scary crap right there. Okay. Oh, gets Lockheed even Martin better.
2: Has, has the F-35.
3: That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes. All right,
0: so it gets even better because, you know, one of the sponsors for the Drone Racing League is the U.S. Air Force. That makes sense. They're just? they're just looking for
2: pilots. Duh. <laughs> That's
0: all, they're These for are, drone
1: pilots.
2: This is the future of the
1: listen. Drone, this is the future yeah. of all warfare.
0: Wait,
2: do you have like two huge thumbs or something? Like let's what see. <laughs>
3: <laughs> eh, no. yeah, that's the there. only fit part of my body right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and something that I wanted to go back to yeah. that we talked about at the beginning was that we we, we mentioned eSports. And yeah, we're yeah. talking about how eSports are you know, informing modern-day performance in athletes. And one of the ways to become part of the Drone Racing League is to go through an online tournament. And so somebody can just sit down at their computer, play a simulator that's a one-to-one representation of what it's like to fly our drones, and become a member of the show on NBC.
0: Hmm. Well, wait, so- so It's a big incentive. It's a big incentive to win the eSports category, to actually come in and be a racer with Nook. Okay, well, all right. And that
3: tournament is happening right now. Let
2: me ask a heretical question. Go ahead. Uh, If the simulation qualifies you to do it for real, why do you need the real thing at all?
1: Right. Why not just create everything inside a simulation? Because yes. you can clearly create more interesting, more, more challenging- And more dynamic- And more course, dynamic, in, in, you know, situations. Of uh, course obstacles. Or,
3: right. But you don't get the the visceralness of being in person to watch the drones come by. Because when they're screaming You're not watching by, the drones, you have the headset on. I'm not. But the audiences, the people that come to watch- well, you mean, it to become a spectator sport. Exactly. Uh, oh, because okay. we can watch the we drones. Watch right. the drone, right. We right. want yeah. people to see the technology Okay, so what you do- and-
2: is you simulate the people as well. Okay. And then in their own mind, they are people watching yeah. moving drones in the simulation itself.
0: But they get the first-person view, don't they? The spectators with the no, with the
3: headwear. Oh. They can. They can. Yeah. But we also we put everything up on Jumbotrons yeah, and you can screen. see they yeah. can choose. everything. Yeah. Like it's, they yeah. choose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So now
1: what is more difficult? Because when you're flying a drone and I'm holding the controller in my hand mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and so when you're flying a drone and you have the controller and you're looking at the drone, that is completely different for your brain mm-hmm. when you
3: are looking or at the drone. A first person representation yeah. of the drone itself. Yeah. So what's more difficult? It depends on who you are. So like so some people that uh, for example, people that start with video games like that have a lot of video game experience tend to prefer to be in the goggles. Some people prefer line of sight. But for me, I think the the most difficult part of either is maintaining your nerves, right? Because all of your controls go through these tiny little sticks right. that move like two inches in each direction. And if you have like a little bit of a nervous shake or something like that, the quad is going, yeah, you know, right. responding to you. So staying calm is the most important part. So he has nerves of steel. Nerves of steel. <laughs> the hands
2: of a surgeon. <laughs> Except, he's flying a drone. You <laughs> <laughs> <I laughs> could carrying pro- somebody's ass. I at.
3: could probably make more money as a surgeon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, has anyone considered some variant on Quidditch? Like drone Quidditch? Absolutely. Like, because the bird we could then be just some... Um, right,
3: the, the, uh, the snitch. The snitch, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So, drone racing is such a young thing that, you know, we're starting to figure out new and new ways to do it. So, you know, whether that's just heads-up racing where it's first to the finish gate, we're starting to do, like, team races where it's marathons. Like, I've competed in a race that lasted 12 hours oh. um, on purpose. Like, it was the fir- most laps in 12 hours and stuff like that. And you know, we're starting to see more and I more got adaptions. You can have ultimate Frisbee, and the Frisbee is a
2: drone. Yep. So, I can throw it in a certain way, then mid-course, it just takes off. Wow. Right? So that it's it's non <laughs> I like your
1: Harry Potter idea better.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we're just helping out here. I don't know. So we got to uh we got to land this plane,
3: land this drone. Uh, yeah. You know?
2: yes. <laughs> so any final thoughts you want to offer? I tell parents who have
3: kids yeah. who... Yeah, start still- playing video games now. It's the future. No. <laughs> it's uh, You know, drones are such an awesome hobby, sport, both which whichever way you want to look at it. It's, you know, I've learned how to solder, how to troubleshoot, how to... I've refined my Google foo, um, you know, my ability to f- figure things out. And, and I think that everybody should have... At one point, tried to fly, tried to build, and, and gotten into that technology. How many hours system. of
1: practice will it take for somebody to be proficient enough to be a professional drone racer?
3: During the season, I practice ten hours a day. Oh, like, my. I go to the field for at ten a.m. and I'm there until ten p.m. Mm. And so, in three years, you've done your
2: ten thousand hours, hopefully. And then, and now you. But a in, in AI,
3: yeah. will take how long?
2: Overnight? Oh yeah, overnight. Yeah. Not yeah, fair. so you did you did did your ten thousand hours.
3: Yeah. I mean I've I is I'll I'll be doing the ten hours a day for about a month at a time rather than because like I gotta, you know, make some money once in a while and you yeah. know all those kinds of things. So Yeah, and
2: there's personal hygiene and this sort yeah. of thing. And your wife yeah.
3: and, and the in-laws you probably appreciates yeah. the personal hygiene. Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: all right, so rule number one keep your fingers out of the blades. Lesson taught me, because otherwise it's not good. Right, so Paul Nicola, Drone Racing League champion of 2018. And no doubt, championships to come.
2: We got to take a break, but when we come back, more on the drone racing universe. <laughs> Welcome back to Star Talk Sports Edition. Today we're focusing on the Droneiverse.
0: We just invented the... You did
2: just make we, that we, up? The Droneiverse. The Droneiverse. I like it. It's ours. We own it. Uh, we've talked about racing them. That's, that's understandable. Of course. Yeah, okay, put that on the Speed Channel. But now it's time to look into the technology that's being developed outside of esports. Yeah. And to do that, uh, we've got our next guest, Justin Pierce. I think I pronounced that name right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Justin, we got you on on video call. Uh, did I yeah, say we can hear you? Good. Daniel. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did. Excellent. So you are a chief engineer at In Situ Inc. And it's a wholly owned subsidiary of Boeing Defense, Space, and Security. Oh. So you guys are doing okay.
0: (laughs) Sounds important. Sounds important. That is, that's that's the word I thought, important.
2: And what is this? This There's an RQ-21 unmanned air vehicle, chief engineer at in situ for that vehicle. Is that correct? That's right. That's That's
4: correct. That's correct. Type model series.
2: Okay. So, what are all the specs of the RQ21, even the classified specs?
4: What are they? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, we'll start with those first. (laughs) (laughs) The the RQ21A is considered a group three unmanned aircraft system or drone. Uh, For scale, that's about 16 foot wingspan, 10 feet long, 135 pounds when it takes off. Wait, so the group is is the group a size reference? Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, group sizes that go from what you would expect on a low end, uh, like a, a quadcopter, all the way up to uh, a large um, group five platform. Uh, like, Sounds uh, like uh, an like underfed Weber basketball uh, star. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Group Five is normally uh, my boarding position.
4: <laughs> group
2: Five, <laughs> 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 <on an> airplane. <laughs> that's under the wing. They it's, strap you on. You know, that's what they, they pull, me. hold on tight. Yes, you, you're in cargo. <laughs> what are you doing in this line? So, so what are they, what's it being developed for?
4: Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, RQ21 is a program of record. It's actually through development and fielded with the United States Marine Corps and the United States Navy. Today, it does intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance uh, and a number of important missions uh, for our troops. Oh, okay. And so uh, how does it differ?
2: I mean, other than, of course, it has security elements. When the public thinks of drones, we, I think we think of the, the annoying ones that are buzzing around the park. And then we think of the military ones that get deployed in, the, in Iraq or, or
4: Afghanistan. And yours is somewhere in between those? That's correct, yeah. It's, a, it's size, scale, endurance. So uh, what we offer is a runway independent aircraft that's uh, launched from a catapult and recovers on a vertically uh, attached rope by its wing. It's designed for mobility. Uh, and transportability. Uh, some of the differences are special payloads that you'll see from a, uh, from a military perspective, but also encryption and different types of cameras we put on there to be able to see at night, thermal, uh, EO telescopes, um, just a little more high performance than you would have in that, that lower-end uh, commercial drone you would expect, like a quadcopter, um, but not as large as, say, a Predator. And it's no. not and and,
2: and and I got one last question. I'm going to hand off to mm-hmm. these guys here. No, no. Is is uh, and I assume it's not
4: autonomous. There's someone at the joystick. That is correct. There is uh, it flies autonomously, but there is somebody at a operator workstation that is directing the behaviors of that aircraft, taking care of it if there's emergencies, and driving the primary payload, which is a, a electro-optical sensor that uh, is on the front of the aircraft. Oh, so it's basically a spy, it's a spy drone. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So they
0: prefer reconnaissance. Okay. Recon. (laughs) So, okay, we've got this... Amazing piece of machinery, but what sort of hurdles have you overcome to go from the quadcopter scenario to where you are now? And what are you still in process of, of overcoming for, for for drones and their development?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, the major areas that we focus on is is reliability, as these are used with our warfighters. We want them to be reliable, always airborne and, and providing eyes in the skies. Obviously, uh, over the years, we've moved, and Situ has a family of unmanned aircraft systems or drones that it it sells. So this is our largest version of aircraft with the smaller one being eight feet across. So how do you increase that size, but still retain the way that it recovers? Because it's actually recovered on its wingtip. So that's a high energy recovery. Those have been some technical challenges that we've had to face.
2: Oh, so structurally, it has to stay in one piece as the wing gets captured by your... your, That's exactly right. Whoa. So let me ask you, with respect to that, it's Uh kind of like an
1: aircraft carrier, you know, the way it's made for mobility, it's made for being able to take off and land on the spot. But uh, it's really big. It's huge. So if it's made for mobility, does it collapse? Is it buildable on site? I mean, I can see with the capture system, if you're in rocky terrain and you want to do some recon, it makes sense, you know, but...
4: How, this thing is huge. Yeah. Depending on the the model of aircraft that, that we sell, we have a, a line of sight and a beyond line of sight capability. So you'll typically do launch and recovery in one area where you can have a little more room to set up, probably not near a runway. And the aircraft itself actually collapses and the wings come off in a modular fashion. The nose comes off. It all breaks down into a very small cases that are that are packed out.
0: Okay. But well. that takes a human element. It can't just... It's not a. It's a fixed wing. That's the next model. It's the yeah. transformer version. There you go. That, Oh, please make that sound! Just build that soundtrack into the next drone, (laughs) just for us. Whatever you do, your next drone, no matter what it does, should go. "Eh -uh, eh -uh." Okay,
1: (laughs) maybe. I'm sorry. Justice looking at us like, "What the hell did I get myself into? (laughs) How soon can I go home?
2: (laughs) (laughs) When will he release me?
4: (laughs) What's What's the range on this? So, so typically advertised as 50 nautical miles is how far we can fly. Away, and then it can still come back. And then it can come back, always in positive control by the operator, equipped with a different uh, nose module or front of the aircraft. We can actually extend that 200, 300 nautical miles with our extended range platform. Is that because it's lighter in that extended range or you get more fuel? We use a different data link. Instead of using a line-of-sight uh, radio, we actually talk to space uh, over satellite communication. It allows us to not have to have line-of-sight between the operator and right. the airplane. Oh, so your range out. is a line-of-sight problem. That's correct. Not yeah, how far it can fly. Right. Oh. Yeah, these so aircraft even when you're can flying, fly
1: 16, 24 hours, depending on them. Right. So even when you're flying 50 nautical miles you could fly 300. It's just that for those purposes- You won't be able to talk to it. You can't talk to it, so you need to just keep it to that 50-mile radius. That's rating. exactly right. That is amazing. H-com okay, space.
2: okay. So the, the quadcopter ones that we see kids playing with, those obviously, obviously use rechargeable batteries. At what point is the transition between batteries
4: and actual fuel that is driving the energy of the craft? That's that's an interesting question. I think it happens when we talk about groups or sizes. Typically when you get to the thirty or forty pound aircraft, you're looking at more energy density that you're getting from uh, a fuel like uh like gas or jet fuel. Yeah. And that's gas, you mean gasoline. the transition point you'll see. But there are larger aircraft that fly hydrogen fuel cells and other propulsion sources that are different. Wow. But regardless, if above a certain
2: size, the battery is not gonna work for you. That's exactly right. Right.
0: Okay, we're all considering electric vehicles in terms of cars and trucks and buses. Is that a viable source of power for a drone? Or is the battery weight just a- another hurdle that you won't be able to overcome for the moment?
4: Yeah, it it really is a trade-off. Um, typically with drones, the largest trade-off we're making is endurance and and payload mass. So, when uh, I choose to equip myself with batteries so that I don't have to manage fuel, I'm typically going to get lower endurance. Some customers want that. They want to fly shorter shorter sorties or shorter missions. And so, an all-electric aircraft can go a few hours, and that may be sufficient for them. Our customers have preferred persistent surveillance. And so, We typically uh, don't use that because it's not as efficient. Our customers,
2: the U.S. military.
1: (laughs) Well, speaking (laughs) of that, speaking of that persistent surveillance, so some police departments are now using drones such as yours. They keep them in the air pretty much all the time. When a crime happens, the drone goes to the crime, to the replace, and then what they're able to do is follow the action. So instead of a high speed trace, whatever, they just basically, you know, mark a car and they're like, all right, we got it. Now we're going to follow and see where it goes. What other applications? And one, what kind of drone is that? Is it this kind of drone? Two, uh, uh, what other applications do you have for this type of drone outside of the military that you can't talk about.
4: So yeah, typically <laughs> um, you're going to have airspace. Uh, you're going to have airspace considerations for where you fly those type of drones. So we're typically seeing with police forces in, in congested urban areas, you're, it's going to be a quadcopter or something of that oh. size, typically not one of our aircraft today. But depending on FAA regulations, you can you can see us transitioning in the long term away from that. Some of the more interesting applications that we have are around infrastructure inspection. So uh, railroad or pipeline monitoring that's typically staffed by uh, somebody in a helicopter. Brilliant. And we like the idea of being able to uh, extend the reach of our platforms and encourage uh, basically pulling people out of uh, jobs that require them to fly around. Uh, There's no requirement for the aircraft to come back. So infrastructure inspection, uh, high resolution mapping, disaster relief and search and rescue. Um. So we've participated in uh, several disaster relief efforts. And then one of the more interesting ones we had locally was uh, wildfire support. So helping firefighters understand where the fire line is, how it's changing overnight, um, because they can't go and, and fight wildfires uh, in the dead of night. So we're there to be able to provide overwatch for them.
2: Okay, so do you and your staff, when no one is looking, do you race your drones <laughs> that's a yes if oh, I oh my God! that was amazing oh
1: uh, my god I wish to go. and for those of you just listening Justin got a look on his face like oh man why there, did no. why'd you have to ask me that yeah.
4: <laughs> no we we typically have to have vertical and horizontal separation there's no uh there's no Knife edge passes. Yeah, he's lying right there. Oh, by lying. the way, yeah.
0: Plus, <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> he imitated the knife edge pass with yeah, his hands. About it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, Justin, if you've got that range of capacity in terms of infrastructure, search and rescue, and your agriculture, you must have an array of optics because you're using different parts of the spectrum to, to analyze what you're seeing underneath.
4: That's exactly right. So if I'm doing a search and rescue operation, I may want to equip uh, or I'm looking for a boat that's, that's lost yeah. in the sea, I may want to use a payload like VIDAR, which is visual detection and ranging that constantly searches and gives an operator cues when it finds something that otherwise you wouldn't discern in water. And then I can put another camera onto that uh, potential target and, or point of interest and mm-hmm. see what's there. For agricultural monitoring, you're looking at hyperspectral, so operating in different in uh, different bands to be able to create a picture of how those crops are performing.
2: Yes, yeah, and just just to be Very clear, different sensors. With as I understand it, hyperspectral imaging can give you early leads on the need for irrigation, right? And 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 Warm the like. Yeah, yes Less yeah. water.
4: Are are these built for speed at all or not? So. Uh, as an example, our dash speed is on the order of 100 knots, so we're not talking Mach 1, but uh, obviously there are larger aircraft that are built for that and they use different propulsion systems.
2: All right, so 100 knots, you're saying.
4: How high does it fly? When you're... it could fly up to 15,000 feet depending on avoiding acoustic detectability when we consider uh, obviously what we do for our defense customers we typically fly anywhere from 3 to 8,000 feet but it can go as high as 15 or more
2: okay so what's to stop me from watching you come in and i'll pull out my shotgun and just take you out of the sky if you if you are purely if you are purely recon and you have no armament no defensive offensive or, yeah. or defensive measures. And I don't like you. I'm just going to shoot you out of the sky. This is America, right.
4: Jack. <laughs> so the way we avoid that, obviously there's the, what we call the launch and recovery operation or takeoff and landing in a conventional aircraft. Those situations definitely have to have uh, perimeter and base uh, monitoring. You're susceptible um, there. Yeah, okay. And countermeasures. But when we're over a target, we mitigate that by the size of the airplane is relatively small. Uh, the color is typically gray. The engine is relatively quiet compared to what I can see at a given standoff distance that 's why we equip them with telescopes so we can stay far enough away but still see who is there For some of the other applications, um, mitigating that isn't uh, isn't something we worry about. We can fly as close as we need to to see as well as we want to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you're talking
0: about piloted we'll call them drones, you call them unmanned craft. Um, Where do we go with AI? Because when we spoke to our drone racer, NERC, Paul Nikala, the whole thing was a lot of prize money was put up by Lockheed Martin, a million dollars to be able to win an annual event. And the average speed of these racing drones is about five and a half miles per hour. Because they can't process the optic, the, the visuals. Mm-hmm. Now, how far are we from cracking that? Because that's that's ridiculous. If all of a sudden you've got AI able to process like a human eye with that speed, and then you know those speeds you were talking about, then they they really do max out.
4: Yeah, I think you know one of the evolutions of the industry we're currently in directly is attributed to what I would say. Uh, closely to Moore's law and the ability to do advanced processing in smaller and smaller areas. So to do those very complicated high-speed processing, you need a lot of horsepower in your electronics. And we're finding in some of the payloads, including uh, Vidar I just mentioned, you can do quite a bit there. The, I, I wouldn't uh, know enough uh, to comment directly on drone racing, but if there are projects like Project Maven in the DoD, um, that are targeted at artificial intelligence. And in general, this is all about reducing uh, how much the human has to work, right? So today I have an operator and one aircraft. In the future, I think you're going to have an operator and many aircraft. And you're going to have aircraft doing missions that, that the operator doesn't have to have any concept of what's going on unless there's an exception, unless there's a problem. Because well,
2: that means the AI is, is, doing is, is doing what it's supposed to. It's doing what it's supposed
1: to. Also, too, I just had a thought. and maybe makes sense or maybe it doesn't. Um, the idea behind the AI, you could treat it like driverless cars where the car itself or in your case the unmanned drone would be uh, receiving the information not actually doing the calculation so the calculation is done on a base somewhere and if you have 5g that type of transmission technology you're just really sending it split second decisions as it's receiving it so it doesn't really have to do the thinking there's a brain someplace else does that make sense or am i just losing my freaking mind
4: no, no. It makes sense. Uh, today, even, when, I, when you asked before, is there a person in the loop? Yes, to monitor what the aircraft's doing. But when we tie algorithms with sensors and have autonomous autopilots that are moving the aircraft around, you can begin to see that the aircraft can, can do the entire mission with a person largely not in the loop. So we do that today. That's, that's where the market has gone.
1: Cool. Actually, nice. we do that on the planes that we fly on, and we don't know that we're doing it. Because half Autopilot. the time that we're on a plane, those guys are in the front smoking weed and chilling. <laughs> what airline are you is on? Is called what airline? It's called Autopilot. It's called Autopilot. No, fly. no, it's a, it's a
2: new airline called Get High with Us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> High Flyers. High Flyers. CBD. <laughs> air.
0: <laughs>
2: CBD Air. Justin, one last thing. Um, we're all... I think, comfortable with getting on these trams at airports. And we all know there's no there's no one conducting those trains, right? They go between, from one terminal to another. Yeah. And that, that doesn't freak anybody out.
1: Okay, you just freaked me out. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, okay.
2: look around the front next well, time, I am Chuck. We're getting on a tram again. <laughs> Thanks. So, <laughs> so, to me, that's the beginning of our comfort level of what yeah. we will entrust to pilot that is uh, autonomously... Run. So how soon do you think we would have pilotless airplanes? Will that have to wait until long after we have pilotless cars, do you
4: think? i think I think obviously that driverless vehicles are going to pave the way for pilotless passenger aircraft. What's going to have to happen is uh, airspace deconfliction, there's going to have to be an ability to sense and avoid other people that are flying around so that it can make decisions. So that's more sensors, but I don't think the leap is that great from driverless cars to passenger aircraft. It all comes down to, uh, to safety. And there's a ton of people that are in this space and leaning forward. I initially expect that it'll be passenger aircraft that are optionally piloted. So similar to you would see today with so-called driverless vehicles, somebody has their hand on the steering wheel. And once Even the if they're asleep, their hand is on the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, those co- the the videos of people driving that are asleep. I don't, I don't think that's going to work for for optionally piloted aircraft. But I think as we gain confidence and trust, as you mentioned, Neil, uh, the the flying public will will begin to entrust themselves with that technology. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. All right, Justin. Well, thanks for thanks for being with us on Star thanks. Talk. All right. Uh, so, when we come back, we'll finish out our final segment with Star Talk Sports Edition.
5: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step, and where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time.
2: We're back, Star Talk, Sports Edition. We've got to land this plane somehow. You mean this drone? <laughs> this
0: drone. <laughs> okay, so we had, we've got Paul Nurkula, the Nurk, the drone racer. The drone racer. All right, we've got Justin Peirce, who's our drone engineer. Mm-hmm. Purse, uh,
2: spelled Pierce. It is, but yes. I
0: think it's an Irish pers-
2: Per-sh, pers, oh, So Persh. think. How has- he the- said that? He said, I said I, that good. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that be, was a good broker. It was right there. A good. Mm.
0: Uh, so I look at the drone racing, and I look at who their involvement is. It's NBC as a media partner. You've got sponsorship from Lockheed Martin and the good old US Air Force. Mm-hmm. So there's a recruitment drive, a sponsorship, and a platform. I think what we've got here is a sport that might be just beginning, and I won't even go with the takeoff pun, beginning to grow itself into some stature. Mm. Did you because get a buzz of be- out of it?
2: Because of that, that 360 support mm-hmm. from three very different branches of what we know has the power and the resources to keep something buoyant. Right. Well, the other thing, too, and we didn't even touch upon this, though,
1: uh, and right now it's being kind of worked out, and that is airspace conflicts, mm. so that delivery drones... you think it pizzas, aren't you? Well, I, I, in a way I am, because guess what? That's going to be... I'm now yeah. hungry! Yeah. But, but that's going to be, like, probably the most drone traffic that we will see in our society, because... Uh, you know, think of the number of trucks that it will cut down on when you drop off. The, the There'll still be trucks, but they'll just make a drop at a place. And then the drone will do the delivery because right. it'll have a pre programmed route, just like the truck guy does. The,
2: the truck goes to one hub. One yeah. hub. And then the dro- drones and, come back and, and, forth, to come back and forth to the hub. The
0: drones come back and forth to the hub. You're going to create a beehive with the drones, like, and they're just going to. A go drone off. hive. A drone hive. Well, I
2: hoped you'd get this. Let's just enough. hope they don't figure out how to make a queen. Oh, oh.
0: Snap.
2: and then the drones take over. The drones achieve Ooh. consciousness. Rise and they, of the, <laughs> the rise of the drones. Rise of
0: the and drones. And then
2: they learn how to reproduce. And there's the queen. And- so
0: therefore, we're looking to continue with the size of the drone over. Built up urban spaces. Right. It, that's gonna matter. That yeah, it is gonna matter. But that's the whole but listen, right now in
1: every single city, especially larger cities, there's a big fight as to what is the bandwidth of space or mm-hmm. airspace that you get, mm. and how big can your drone be? Because that's gonna determine how many deliveries are gonna be made. And, and I'm just to put be clear. my money on Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting
2: my money on no Bezos. No matter what. No, no matter, matter what. what. So here's something I think that people need to remember. You might say, yeah. well, I can go to the store and get my fine the drone can deliver your milk and your butter right. okay and your and your salad but there's another use here that i think has gone underseen, under recognized it's right. um i live in a, in an apartment building mm-hmm. i don't have a garage i don't have a workshop mm-hmm. okay but i own a hand drill okay mm-hmm. so i've had that hand drill for 20 years and i can ask myself how much time in total have i used that hand drill Okay. I'm not a builder. I just need it for some emergency things here and there. I might have used it for 15 minutes. I mean, think about it. Right, How long does it take to drill a hole? All right? That's seconds. Right, right. 20 years, I've used it for 15 minutes. So the future of drone deliveries might be all this crap that you own that you hardly ever use... Just let someone else own it. No, no. And listen, I say, no, wait. I, and I like say, that idea. Why? Just be
1: quiet, man. That's a good idea.
2: We can do this. Oh, sorry. What's <laughs> the no problem? You just giving away all the good stuff, right? <laughs> we got to talk to him. I mean. So, I, so basically, I rent a hand drill yes. with the drill bit I need. Yes. And it's coming from a place that serviced it. Okay, Could, like a yes. rental car. They 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 polished He keeps telling them he's I giving mean, them away. What are you doing? I'm just saying. So that you way You know Jeff Bezos listens to this show. <laughs> You're killing us. So 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 think about all the things that you that we would share. Right. There, there it's basically shared, the shared economy. Economy. The share economy. The yeah. share economy. Absolutely. The old
0: classic barter system.
2: And I don't need the storage space for it. Nope. Because I only, and and I need it, I'll be here in 20, 15, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And it's boom. Boom. And and you need a, a, a special size drill bit. That's the one it gives you. Right. did You're not fumbling over the thing and the chuck like key. Like I told you,
1: I hate that idea. <laughs> it will <laughs> Terrible never, ever idea. work.
2: Never. never. So that's a whole other thing other than just bringing today's milk. Absolutely. In fact, today's milk, let the, let the refrigerator monitor your, how much is in all your containers? And that, let uh, it let, get your
1: milk. Let it get let the milk. Send for the drone send for the water. The milk.
0: We're, we're exercising it in a positive way. But what if we exercised our mind? And this will happen because we know it will happen. How do I criminalize this little drone of lovely drone? Little gaggle. No, of what drone? you can do is do you can.
2: Do I don't want to give people ideas, but, but if you know the frequencies over which they're communicating, yeah, just hack into to the, to the to frequencies. frequencies right. Just hack it, and and, and mm-hmm. it brings all the groceries. To me, so you, right, yeah, right, exactly, and I don't have to pay for a damn thing. I just got grocery Jeff
1: jacked Bezos again. again. Grocery jacked. jacked. Oh. Grocery
0: jacked again. again. Jeff
1: Bezos is going to do that I swear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with
0: Whole
2: Foods. You got grocery jacked.
1: And believe it, that's happening right now. They call them porch pirates. It's people who just walk by places randomly and pick up whatever Amazon package is on a person's the, Oh, this tour. is on on suburban streets. In suburban streets, right? So you that, just walk up. That and, won't happen
2: in the city. No, you get your you get your whooping. Yeah, uh, this people is true. see you doing that. So this is. A whole, it's, a, it's like we're witnessing the birth of an, of an, an entire a, an industry. An industry, and, community, community, and technology. technology. See,
0: the thing is, we've we've gone, because the drones originated back in the beginning of the 20th century, and it's always... look the way he said that, way back in... The beginning of the 20th century. Way back.
2: Wait, the 20. And you mean the...
0: 1917, something like that. Drones? Drones? Yeah,
2: what well, Gary, you're telling me we had radio-controlled planes in the 19-teens?
0: I do believe so. <laughs> And the good old military got there first. Wow. Nice. Wow. So they're thinking about... uh, Yeah. Pilotless aircraft using radio frequency. Because
2: back then we had... There's some big names back then. We had Tesla. Right. You know, Tesla the man. Right. Not the car. car. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Edison was still at it. Yeah. You know, there's some fun inventors back then. So maybe it's obvious that that would have been the next thing they did. Yeah. Because we were trying to control and understand radio frequency energy.
1: and now, now that I know that we had pilotless planes back then, we probably had Teslas back then and didn't know it. Oh. <laughs> wooden, wooden Teslas. Wood, wooden. wooden Teslas, right.
2: <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. Uh, yeah. Right. So if you take a step back now, if yeah. you can have a radio-controlled airplane— That means you can, at the time, radio control a plane carrying explosives and not put a pilot at risk and attack an enemy. Yeah, man. People are just... uh, What's wrong with people? The moment you start... What's
1: wrong with people? The moment we start thinking about how we're going to kill each other, we come up with the most brilliant (laughs) stuff.
0: Man. That's it? It's It's the blessing and the curse scenario. What should be a blessing? Someone turns into a way to curse it. Mm, no, now you sound like you. now you sound like my parents.
2: That's okay. <laughs> Talking about you, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was the joke. By the way, I own an actual letter written by or- Orville Wright to a friend of his who asked him, "You know, your new aeroplane. What is the future of that? Could it be used for for evil ways?" I'm paraphrasing. Right. He said, "I hope not, but maybe it'll only be controlled by the, the by good the guys, good the, the good guys, and then it'd be okay." So yeah. early. In this, people were thinking about the weaponization of these tools.
1: And I'm glad to see it worked out just how (laughs) he hoped. (laughs) Just how he hoped. Mm -hmm. By the way, I own a uh, letter from Orville Redenbacher, (laughs) who said, thank you for buying my popcorn. You're such a good
0: customer. (laughs) Did you weaponize it? (laughs) So the thing, we've gone from military to sport, and now it's back to sort of search and rescue. And we now seem to be entering, as well as the military phase, a more positive social phase where you can develop sense in infrastructure, pipelines, agriculture, development of crops. But then, and, and, and disaster, a, 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 yes. very That's important. Post, yeah. After tornado, right.
2: after things. Plus, roads might be closed off mm-hmm. because of, of destructive mm-hmm. yeah. forces of nature, right. flooded. And yeah, and fire. So yeah, so I appreciate Mm -hmm. the hopefulness with which you want to end the show. Absolutely. That yes, you have the the, the militarization of things, but when you pause and take a breath, you can say, how do we improve humanity for having done so?
1: And the answer is drone
0: racing. (laughs) Drone racing! There you go. (laughs) Full circle. And fridges. (laughs) (laughs)
2: All right, uh, Chuck Nice, Gary O'Reilly. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist, bringing you another episode of Star Talks Sports Edition. Until next time, keep looking up.